Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. Most people suffer from insecurity, to varying degrees, of course. But when it stops you from moving forward, it needs to be managed. The good news is that insecurity is just your own opinion, which you can actually change. But how? From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Is self-doubt holding you back from achieving success? For many people, insecurity is such a huge problem that it can cripple their relationships, their work, their finances, and ultimately, their health. Is there a way to overcome insecurity? Yes, there most certainly is, says business coach Jamin Fraser. And he'd know. He's founder of The Insecurity Project and author of Unhindered, The Seven Essential Practices for Overcoming Insecurity. So what are those seven essentials? Jamin goes through each one shortly. First, a definition. Chris Ashmore asks Jamin, what is insecurity exactly? Insecurity is the fear of being found out as somehow inadequate. That is insecurity. If I show up as myself, unguarded, then you will see who I really am and you will see that I am not good enough. That is the insecurity fear. And what does it have on performance, particularly for a business owner, insecurity? Yeah, it can show up a number of ways. First of all, shows up as a lack of certainty. So when you're in business, your certainty as a business owner gives your clients permission to be certain as well. It also shows up as an inability to accurately value your products and services. So I think people undervalue themselves when they're insecure. It shows up as a lack of motivation. So it can show up as procrastination or avoidance or you're just not having maximum energy to do your thing. So again, you're kind of pulling back from the edge. It can show up as inefficiencies within your business. So things seem to take a lot of time. It slows down production. Meetings take forever. Problems take forever. Just the overall performance, your capacity to be at your best where it matters most is compromised if you have unresolved insecurity about whether or not you're good enough. Is age a factor? Do people tend to be more insecure the younger they are? And as they get older, they get over these insecurities? Or is that not the thing at all? Well, I think we are all insecure. That's a universal challenge, universal fear. I think when we're in our younger years, sometimes that insecurity can be useful. Sometimes it even drives up performance. If you As a young person in your 20s, you need to prove something to someone. Someone's told you you can't or you won't or you shouldn't. The need to prove them wrong can actually drive you to do all kinds of interesting things. That insecurity doesn't naturally get resolved just because you get older. It just becomes more toxic and less useful. So I think if you haven't resolved insecurity when you're in your 30s, into your 40s, now you're the insecure wanker. If you're still trying to prove how awesome you are by what you can do and how good you are, like you're not fun to be around. And that drive is so exhausting to your own being, to you as a person, it's very destructive. So if you don't find a way to resolve it, it won't just automatically fix itself. It will just turn into toxicity within you and lead to madness ultimately. So your adult work, especially around midlife, is to address these fears and overcome them. Okay, then. So how does one become less insecure? How do you overcome your insecurity? 
Sure. Well, I'm convinced, unlike others, who most people think this is a problem that you just manage and mask on Medicaid, I'm convinced this is a problem that can and must be solved. I'm convinced there are seven practices that are essential to the work of solving the insecurity problem in your life. Practice one is to, it's to be precise about what the problem is. So it's to step into the light, per se. It's to stop running away. Even though people are insecure about being insecure, it's to stop and be here. And to get very clear about what problem you're actually solving. So to go, okay, what problem am I actually solving? Is this a health problem, a finance problem, a business problem? Or is this a problem within my own belief structure of myself? When you really turn the lights on, you see that insecurity most accurately defined is simply a problem within our own opinion of ourselves. So people think they're afraid of failing or being rejected. That's not accurate at all. That's very abstract. It's the personal implications of failure. You know, if I was to fail, what would that say about me? Uh, that I am a failure, there's something wrong with me. If I was to be rejected, what does that say about me? Uh, that I'm not worthy of love, that I don't belong, that I don't fit in. So that's what we're terrified about. Not what others think about us, what we think about us. So mm-hmm. when you can understand that the problem is simply your own opinion of yourself, it's breathtaking because it means you then understand exactly what you're dealing with. That's the only way into this process. Mm-hmm. An opinion is the lowest form of knowing anything. So I'm sure we've all changed all kinds of opinions throughout our life. It kind of gives people hope that this also could be changed. Maybe my opinion is wrong. Typically, these opinions are formed when we're very young and have just never been reviewed. Then you can get to the work of resolving it. So that's practice one. Practice two is to take 100% responsibility for your own opinion. So contrary to most people's thoughts about this, they imagine their opinion of themselves was formed by somebody else who was mean or unkind or cruel and that's why they have a low opinion but that is not how the human creature works we're sense-making creatures and nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it so we're not the actor in the story we're the storyteller so when you realize that you were the one that formed the opinion in the first place then you realize this insecurity problem was created by you and will be solved by you if you think it was created by someone else outside of you, then you go looking outside of you for this problem to be solved. And therefore you position yourself as a victim. Practice three is to stack the pain. So the only people who ever solve the insecurity problem do so from a point of great pain. They stop pretending that insecurity is natural or normal or not costing them. And they do an accurate cost assessment to realize this is killing them. And it's a slow descent into madness. The amount of energy that is consuming them to prove themselves and protect themselves, it's so destructive and so limiting. And so pain is a beautiful gift designed to protect us and move us away from danger. So when you stack pain to insecurity and realize this opinion is costing you everything, you come highly motivated to do whatever it takes to change this opinion. But pain avoidance is an incomplete motivation strategy because if you're just motivated to move away from pain, as soon as you are far enough away from pain, then all motivation stops. And then six months later, you're back to where you were. So you've also got to have a moving towards strategy. This is some of Anthony Robbins' great observation. Yet be clear about what you don't want, but what do you want instead? So practice four is to develop a compelling vision for your life. Be clear about what you do want, what your life is heading towards. You've got to have a quest. It's going to be some mission and some sense of purpose. Otherwise, what's the point of diving into fear and insecurity? Practice five is to get help and specifically to get help from someone who doesn't care about you. 
So if you think about this as the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's great work around creating a map of storytelling, realising that we're all in this hero's journey. That's a great description of our life. The hero inevitably meets a guide. You know, Frodo comes into contact with Gandalf. There's a Yoda, there's a Dumbledore, there's a Mr Miyagi. There's always a guide. Now, they are not the hero in the story. That's, that's really important. They're not the one who's going to save the day. That's the hero's job. So no one's actually coming to save you. No one can fix this for you. If someone could have already fixed this for you, then they already would have. Practice six then is to go be the hero. Eventually, Frodo's still got to go destroy the ring and Gandalf's not there. Eventually, you will have to go face this monster you've created. You will have to answer the question, who are you? Are you good enough or are you not? And as with every hero, you either die or you come out the other side reborn. So if it turns out this opinion you formed of yourself is true and you are worthless and you are terrible, you are no good, and you discover that's actually true, you will not recover from that. <laughs> that's <laughs> Now, of course, everyone knows it's not true, except you. You're the only one who still thinks it's true. Uh, so the only way to find out is to go face that monster and to kind of examine this storytelling, this opinion forming that you've done your whole life, which terrifies you. However, at some point, you've got to go look. And it's in the looking that you discover it's just all a work of fiction. You've created an opinion as a four-year-old and you've just never reviewed that. It's become true. It's become concrete. But it's just the opinion of a four-year-old. Of course, you're enough. You've always been enough. Um, Then practice seven is to rewrite the story. Having deconstructed the old narrative, having faced the monster and seen it was just a couple of mice playing silly buggers with a tin can in a cave projecting a huge shadow on the wall. Now the slate's clean again and you can write a new narrative, a compelling narrative. And as you reinforce that new opinion, it becomes true for you, just like the old opinion became true for you. So typically people, when they see this model, they just want to rush to practice seven and write some affirmations on their mirror and just be positive. But if you try and override the old story without deconstructing it first, the moment you get tired or stressed or anxious, that old narrative will take over as it always has. So these seven practices kind of happen in order. Have you been cured of your own insecurities, Jamin, or do you succumb to insecurity from time to time? So here's how I would answer that. I'd say it is 100% possible to solve the insecurity problem at the level of growth you currently occupy. So here right now doing my work, I'm free to show up as I am with nothing to prove and nothing to defend. However, doing that means I will naturally move forward into new territory, into bigger spaces. And where I proved to myself that I was good enough for this space, I will inevitably be faced with the question, but am I good enough for that space? The big dreams in my heart at the moment is I want to work with the UN. I want to coach world leaders. I think insecurity is a problem that we suffer greatly for because our world leaders are some of the most insecure people alive. That's the level I want to play. So moving into that space, I face new levels of insecurity. Well, I worked out that I was enough for this, but am I enough for that? And so it will take me back into these seven practices to say, well, what opinions did I form that said I could go this far but no further? Are those opinions true? What if they're a work of fiction as well? So I think these seven practices are useful for every stage of growth so that you show up unhindered where you are and can be at your best where it matters most. So yes, I feel like I have no insecurity limiting me right now. However, I'm sure insecurity will show up again and I will know how to solve it when I see it. That was business coach and founder of The Insecurity Project, Jamin Fraser. 
Business Essentials Daily is a Sound Cartel podcast. Executive producer is Heather Dawson. Producers are Nick Schilberger, Chris Ashmore, and myself. Technical production by Pete Letts and Belinda Trimboli. I'm Nicole Goodman. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you more B Daily next week. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.